Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we are speaking with Dr. Maxu Hill, who believes it takes a village to raise a child. With that mindset, she understands the importance that everyone in that village has a critical role to play. Each person is valuable and needs to be shown respect, love, and encouragement, all essential for building a healthy and maintaining an environment which fosters personal growth. Max Sue is an advocate for mentoring and believes that everyone benefits from mentorship. Because life is relational, she believes every individual is responsible to mentor the next generation. And this interaction provides both mentors and mentees with opportunities for lifelong learning. Max Sue knows the value of a solid educational foundation to prepare the next generation. This often requires collaboration with others who share a similar vision and plan. In her pursuit of her vision to prepare the next generation for a lifetime of success, Maxu has volunteered for several projects including the Association of Liberian Engineers, USA, Shoes for Liberia, and several other organizations in Liberia that foster gender equality and unity. Max Su is currently working with the Hawa Masakoi Orphanage and Community Center in Liberia to provide basic necessities and educational supplies to better enable young orphan children to survive in conflict zones with high rates of infectious disease. Dr. Hill is currently pursuing opportunities to return to her home country of Liberia to apply her expertise and diverse skill set in health and education to improve the health outcomes and quality of life of vulnerable populations of Liberian women and children. Welcome, Dr. Maksu Hill. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you, Lily. I'm doing extremely well. Well, I'm so happy to have you on our podcast. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? Yes, I am. I am super excited. And yes, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> All right, Maxu. Now, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Okay. As a young girl growing up in Liberia, West Africa, I always worked behind the scenes because I was shy and afraid of being in the front. Mm -hmm. Usually I was thrust into leadership roles for my leadership skills were not developed at that time. Mm -hmm. When I moved to the United States 20 years ago, I had an encounter with God that changed my life forever. Mm -hmm. My relationship with God took my leadership skills to another level because I became brave. I took on more leadership roles in church, at college, and in other aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Within the past few years, I can honestly say that I've seen my leadership skills shift from leading from the back and being up front. So, so encouraging. Currently, mm -hmm. I'm working on a collaborative grant project 
And the goal of this project is to reduce the rates of sexually transmitted infections, STIs, among people living with HIV AIDS and those at risk for HIV. So that's where I am. That's incredibly important work and big work. Yes, it is. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how your transformation happened or you shifted from this shy person to becoming someone in the front doing such important work. Interesting, because my freshman year in college, I met an incredible friend. We're still friends today. Mm-hmm. And she sat down with me, along with a few other friends, and we studied the Bible. Like growing up in Liberia, I knew about God and I knew God was big. So I had knowledge about God, but I didn't really know how to apply the Bible to my life. Mm-hmm. So, Lily, once I learned that, I just felt like I could conquer the world and I still feel like I can conquer the world. And that definitely shipped me in such an amazing way where I decided, okay, I can actually do these things. You know, I can step up the front and Mm -hmm. take on roles and I'd be afraid. So Mm -hmm. that impacted my life and definitely my leadership skills. So having a deeper understanding of your faith gave you more courage and deepened your faith. Yes. Yes, awesome. absolutely. Okay. So how would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style is a mixture of coaching, inclusiveness, and servitude. In terms of coaching, I thoroughly enjoy helping others to bring forth their best. Through this, I provide mentoring and share lessons learned and challenges from my own personal journey. Mm-hmm. inclusiveness in that each person is valuable and should be treated with respect regardless of their social economic status gender race or ethnicity mm-hmm. i always embrace innovative ideas and i strive to be open-minded to what others have to share lastly when it comes to serving i look to jesus as a perfect example he led by example and i do my utmost best to mm-hmm. be in the trenches with those i work with I understand that you are of Christian faith. So let's talk a little bit about your leadership style and leading people of different faiths. What does that look like? I'm always open-minded. I feel like you can always learn from anyone. It doesn't matter at all, anyone. So I always give people the opportunity to let them bring forth what they can bring. Mm-hmm. And even if the fall shut, it's okay. How can we work with what they have? And through that, there's always something to learn. I've learned about myself through that process, and I've learned about others through that process. And knowing that not everything I do is the right way, you know? So Mm -hmm. I always keep that in the forefront, like I can learn from anyone. Just be open-minded and don't judge people. That's that's good advice. So, Maxo, can you tell me which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? Hmm. I think about the scripture in Matthew 20, verse 26, and it reads, But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. This speaks to me because this is what leadership is all about, serving others and leading by example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to tell someone do this, but if you're not doing it, what's the point? Right. And service is intense. It is. So in being a servant leader, what is some advice that you can give us about how to grow in that area? I would say put others before you. Meet the needs of others. And sometimes it can be so much work. It can be discouraging, but it's always a reward at the end. And sometimes you never know what type of day that person that you're working with is having. You extend grace and mercy and compassion on 
mm-hmm. anyone that you meet because you never know we all have bad days and sometimes our bad days will determine how we will react to certain situations or how we will interact with people so just you know giving grace just like you know what that person probably is having a tough one how can I still serve them and even do that attitude? <laughs> it's not encouraging right now, but how can I look past that? Yeah. So Max, tell me as a leader and as a person who really believes in being a servant leader, which I really believe in as well, there's a fine line between serving others and also watching out for your own needs. What are some things that you do to make sure that you're in the best form what do you do on a daily basis to set your mind so that you can be the best leader? First in the morning, when I get up, I pray daily. Pray for God's guidance, direction, wisdom, discernment, and protection. Mm-hmm. I set my to-do list, and during the course of the day, I aim to tackle the things that I have set on my list. Are you one of those who have like a really long to do list? No. If you don't get it done that day, it, it recycles. I try to make sure my list is not as long. All right. But I do have a little list. And whatever that's not done on that day, I leave it for the next day. In the past, I was stressed over the fact that it's not done. Like, oh man, I didn't get to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. you cannot do everything in one day. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Do what's important in that day. And tomorrow, we'll, you know, pick it up from wherever I left. Great. Okay. So can you tell us about a leader who inspires you? Okay, Lily. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It is amazing to see the Son of God came on earth in human form to dwell among us. He touched the lives of many and continue to do so today without any expectation. Personally, I feel this is what leadership is all about. Again, serving people, having compassion, which you just spoke about, Mm -hmm. and loving them unconditionally. I'm inspired by Jesus' life every single day, and I strive to imitate that every single day. So Jesus is number one. Yes. Who's number two? My mom. Your mama? <laughs> yes. Okay. Why does she inspire you? She is such a selfless person, and she's always giving. We don't have much, but she gives so much, and that just inspires me. Like, look, you don't have to have a lot to share with the next person. Mm-hmm. So that's something I strive to do every day. Like, you know, what can I give to someone? How can I help someone? So, Maxu, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I ever received, I have to give a shout out to my dad. My dad always tells us, whatever you have to do today, go ahead and get it done because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So if there's something important that I need to do today, Instead of delaying, thinking, oh, I get it done tomorrow. Oh, I get it done next week. That always comes to mind. Said, no, Maxu. Mm-hmm. Get it done today since today is here. Okay, that's good advice. So, Maxu, what does it mean to you to have a good team? And how do you build and sustain one? A good team to me means success for everyone who is part of that team. Mm-hmm. To build that team, you need to know the strengths and weaknesses of each member. Give people creative space to bring forth great ideas because everyone has something to share. Mm-hmm. Show people that you care about them and not only about what they have to produce. You show mm-hmm. appreciation, don't hold back from encouraging them because it helps to create a healthy environment for people to flourish. When mm-hmm. people feel a sense of belonging, Lily, they know they are value. It creates a sense of responsibility. 
Mm -hmm. Also, it's important to offer mentoring when needed, provide resources and professional development trainings for people to grow in their skills. Lastly, all the team members need to know that we all have one common goal. So you're all a part of creating that goal as well. Yes. You know, you mentioned mentoring and you mentioned coaching a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Here's something that to me is really important. I mean, I have coaches in different areas of my life. But I tend to back away from coaches who don't have coaches because, you know, when you do have a coach, that means you believe in it, in the process. Yes. So as a leader, how important is it for you to have a coach and a mentor? It's extremely important. And I found that to be highly important when I was doing my doctoral work, just having different mentors in my life to help me through the process. It's very critical. I'm a firm believer in it. And even my dissertation work was about mentoring. So really? that's how much I'm offered. Yes. But what was the focus <laughs> of your work? So I look at the perceived mentoring experiences of male and female doctoral students in sociology. Mm-hmm. But the focus was basically on race and gender congruence. Because certain times, you know, having certain mentors who look like you or have the same gender, it takes you further along even towards the postdoctoral phase of job employment. So it's very critical who you have on your team. And also, I know when I was doing my work, I was looking for a mentor who looked like me, but it's very difficult to find people of color at certain uh, level when it comes to academia. I bet you know that as well, Lily. Mm-hmm. So then you're left with working with people who do not look like you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those experiences can be positive and sometimes it can be negative. But I had the best experiences with that. I had a great advisor and he didn't look like me. And mm-hmm. he definitely was in the trenches with me. He worked alongside. He was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. So the process, yes, it was tedious, as you know. Mm-hmm. But having the right mentor is very critical someone who's selfless, you know, someone who understands the vision, respects what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important. And sometimes we feel like if the person doesn't look like us or resemble us or what have you, they don't have much to offer. No. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have no idea that person who doesn't look like you might be the person who will take you beyond what you even imagine. So we just need to be open-minded and let the process take its course. But it has a lot to do with just the character of the person. Exactly. I mean, we can initially be inspired by someone, but if their character isn't helpful or doesn't value you, then it's certainly not a good match. It's true. But, you know, what's interesting to Lily is yeah. that not everyone is cut out to be a mentor. That's for sure. You're absolutely right. And then they can be a mentor for maybe a specific time in your life. Exactly. And that's right? okay. And yep. that's okay. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Maksu, can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and mm-hmm. how it shaped your life? As previously mentioned, I am from Liberia, West Africa, and Liberia went through a period of civil wars, Mm -hmm. and it's only by God's grace that I survive, because I'm not better than those who didn't survive Mm -hmm. the hardship and all of the destruction. Mm -hmm. So I'm reminded each day that being alive is a gift from God, and I shouldn't take it lightly. 
Mm-hmm. And also that I have a responsibility and obligation to turn around and help someone. So yes, that's the impact and how it shaped my life. Mm. So surviving civil war, surviving that kind of turmoil, and you have this real deep connection with the fact that you have a responsibility to serve other people. Yes. I want to dig a little deeper here. So how does that come up for you every day? Like that's trauma, right? Yeah. And that can certainly, you know, cause some obstacles, but how does that kind of trauma help you connect with other people? It helps me definitely to be selfless because during the war, at one point we had everything, well, in my mind, everything. Mm-hmm. And then the next moment, everything is stripped away. You're down to zero. Mm-hmm. But just seeing how people sometimes who they didn't know us or my family, they were willing to give to us out of nowhere. And that makes me feel like you don't have to know someone to help them. Someone did it for us. They didn't know us. They gave us shelter. They gave us food. So it's my responsibility to turn around and do similar for the next person. And I'm sure you don't see it as just your responsibility, but your passion, right? It's my, exactly. Definitely. My passion. Yeah. It's turning your mess into your message. Oh, yeah. And it's not so much that our past is a mess, but that our challenges and our struggles have really shaped our lives and can shape our lives, even if they were traumatic. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Maxu, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes? Yes. One of my greatest successes has been the collaborative work that I've been doing in Liberia for the past five years at the Hawa Massacre Orphanage and Community Center. Mm. It is so rewarding. And to know that I have support from my family and friends, mm-hmm. also to see that we are impacting the lives of the next generation by strengthening their educational foundation and their social well-being. Mm-hmm. This is such, like you mentioned earlier, passion. This is passion on top of passion for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Maxu. I want to learn more about your organization. Where can I go to do that? Okay, so this is where accountability comes in. Mm -hmm. Because I have been slacking in terms that I have not gotten my 501c3 status yet. I've been doing this work just out of passion. But I have friends and family keep telling me, you need to make this thing official. So that's the goal for this year. That's the goal to work on it. So I don't have any website or anything, but I do have pictures if people are interested. I can provide my email address, but it's just something that I've just been working with close friends and family on this. It's just like one of those things that you just enjoy doing it, but you feel to realize that it'd be great if other people can see it on like a platform. Right. What is the organization called? The organization in Liberia is called the Hawa Massacre Orphanage and Community Center. Wow, that's really, really important work. I've been doing some research on human trafficking and how the organizations like yours actually helps support survivors too and helps divert what could actually happen to these children if they didn't have places like yours. And if we wanted to connect with you, what's Mm -hmm. the best way to do that? Okay, I will provide my email address. Mm -hmm. So it's Max, M A C S Mm -hmm. underscore Hill, H I L L, at yahoo.com. In the subject, they could just put master leadership so I know who's contacting me and that's the why. 
So thank you so much for sharing about the Hawa Massacre Orphanage and Community Center. Perfect. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you haven't downloaded your copy of the Master Leadership Journal, go to masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ to get instant access and begin growing your leadership with questions that have been curated by top-level leaders. I've also included some cool extras for you at masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ. Many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? I would describe lifelong learners as individuals who are constantly in training because there's always Mm -hmm. something new to learn. To achieve this, you need to be open-minded and humble to know that you can learn from anyone. Mm -hmm. Currently, I'm learning to not give in to my fears, to be brave, bold, (laughs) courageous, and know that I have to step forth in faith and claim what God has already given me. Also, I cannot allow society or anyone to make me feel like I'm not valuable. Mm. Those are big learns. Yes. <laughs> Those are very big things to learn. And so I do want to congratulate you because I know that being on a podcast for the first time can be nerve wracking. And so you're actually facing one of your fears. And yes. <laughs> so I want to congratulate you. I think that is a wonderful step. And see, I don't bite. So it's not so hard. It's great so far. I'm having a lot of fun. Okay. So being brave and bold and courageous courageous and what i call mastering fear because yes. fear will happen when it happens we can't ignore it and we can't act like it's not there right so we have to learn to master it what has been some of your greatest fears as a leader that you are currently just confronting for me this has always been a thing i'm not a risk taker Mm-hmm. And I admire people like wholeheartedly mm-hmm. who would just get up and go for it, mm-hmm. not knowing what the outcome is. I'm more calculative. I would sit there mm-hmm. and say, okay, what are the pros? What are the cons? Okay. Mm-hmm. The cons are with the pros. Well, we won't be doing that. But then it prevents me from doing so much more because I'm putting a limitation. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I don't go out and seize different opportunities because I've already mm-hmm. sat there and calculated in my mind as to why mm-hmm. it shouldn't work. It wouldn't work. So you talk yourself it, out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's so terrible. So this year to myself, listen, we're bringing in 2019 with a different <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Enough of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out and you're just going to do it. So this is why I'm excited I'm doing this podcast because it's, it's a risk. It's it a is. risk that you were taking, right? <laughs> Not a big risk because we're, we're good here. We value, we value our guests and we value our listeners. And, you know, our listeners are new and emerging leaders to very seasoned leaders. Mm-hmm. And we can all learn collectively. Even the seasoned leaders can learn from people like yourself that are just learning to take risks because we get to hear your heart. We get to hear your why. We get to hear what (laughs) motivates you and your authenticity. And those things are really, really important to share. Like there's so much value too in how you approach things. You can be a a calculated risk taker. That's even better. (laughs) I like that. Right? I'm a risk taker, but I'm a calculated risk taker. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So Maksu, if there were something you could change in education, 
what would that be? Hmm. I believe we need to provide a solid foundation at an early age. If that foundation is not established at an early age, it makes it difficult for children to successfully excel when they get to middle school, high school, college, or beyond. Mm -hmm. And I just made a trip recently to Liberia. And this is why I'm very passionate about the work that's been done at the orphanage because building the foundation for those young children, giving them the proper education they need, is going to definitely help them when they pass the age of elementary and go on beyond that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of times I feel that the children are being cheated because sometimes the teachers are not properly equipped mm-hmm. to stand in front of them and pass on knowledge. Mm-hmm. The teachers themselves need knowledge, but it can pass it on to anyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not their fault. They probably do not have the right uh, resources or the support to set them up for victory, for them to set the children up for victory. But it starts at that beginner stage, setting the foundation. And I know for me personally, I'm so grateful for the elementary school that I attended in Liberia called Hilton Van E. It definitely set the foundation for me. It helped me through my educational journey and where I am today. If it wasn't for that solid foundation, I don't think where I am today is going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. So I thank all those teachers and the brains behind that school mm-hmm. for the great job. I'm extremely grateful for that foundation. And it had such an impact on you Absolutely. that you want to duplicate that with what you're doing. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me, your early childhood was in Liberia, and then when did you come to the U.S.? I moved here when I was a teenager. Okay. I completed my senior year in the U.S. I've been here since that time. Okay. <laughs> a wonderful time to move, <laughs> a teenager, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. I have a teenager right now, and um, at that age, you go through so much. All right. So what have you read, watched, or listened to? that our listeners should as well, and why? I am currently reading a book by Wangari Mathaya. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's from Kenya, and if I'm not, forgive me, forgive me. I'm big on pronouncing names correctly. It is titled The Challenge for Africa. It's interesting because my cousin recommended this book for me to read because of my desire to continue to do work in Liberia. Mm-hmm. The book basically speaks about the poor leadership in Africa. That's just one of the you know, components of the book. As a leader, it helps me to see the mistakes made by my forefathers and current leaders. This is a great book, lady, because mm-hmm. for those who are interested in doing international work, mm-hmm. they get to see firsthand some of the challenges that they will encounter. But at the same time, they get to see the opportunities that they can seize to make a difference. Mm. So it depends on how you approach the book. The Challenge for Africa. Yeah. Now, where are you currently? I reside in New Jersey. Oh, so Patty's (laughs) the one who referred me to you, the big risk taker, Patty. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. She's wonderful. She is. And how did you meet Patty? And we both go to the same church. We both work for the same institution. Yeah, she has a lot of stuff going on. And she has a book that's a bestseller. And I think it's sold out on Amazon. So Dr. Patty O'Brien Richardson, she was featured in Master Leadership episode 117 in August 2018, which was really neat. And so people want to tune into that they should. All right. So Maxu, let's reel it back. 
and talk about if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? I would tell the younger me that God can work with whatever skills and gifts I have. I just need to have a willing heart to be used by him. Mm. Because a lot of times I just feel like, oh, I probably don't have much to offer. Like I said, I always try to eliminate myself from the race before I even start the race. I mean, apply for the race. Come with whatever I have and Mm. just, you know, come with my best. Right. And I know that to have a willing heart, it's sometimes easier said than done. We tend to look at other people and what they're doing and compare ourselves with them. But to know that we are fully resourced exactly to be who we were created to be. And that is awesome. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, it's just an encouragement. I just want to encourage the listeners to seize the moment and pay forward, especially when you are in a position to do so. We are responsible for each other. I love that. Well, Maxu, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Lily. It's such an honor to be here. And I can put a checklist to this. (laughs) You did it. You did it. Your first podcast. Yeah. (laughs) All right, my friend. Have a great day. Thank you, Lily. Have a great rest of the day, too. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.